in a world gone mad. Only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Welcome to episode 12 of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. Andrew and Jerry tackle today's fake news. I'm Andrew Langer. Jerry Rogers. And we decided to make this one a real catch-all because there's a bunch of stuff that's going on in the world right now and a lot of misinformation. By the way, thank you all for the great response uh, to episode 11, uh, Andrew and Jerry Save NATO, and our interview with Paul Post. A lot of folks have found it helpful. Uh, I urge you, if you haven't seen that episode or heard that episode, go and check it out. We gave Joe Rogan a run for his money. Uh, listen, you know, it was Rogan-esque. It, it was Rogan, but that's what we wanted to do. By the way, we're going to be joined today uh, by John Justice, who is a radio talk show host uh, on the Twin Cities News Talk in the Twin Cities in, in Minnesota. Uh, we're going to talk to him about all of this stuff that's going on in the world, as well as, uh, Jerry, I know it's your favorite subject. We're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars uh, with John, too, because that's, that's excellent. His, and his books. I mean, he's an author. Uh, so we're excited, but also because John came up with a really interesting theory about energy prices. We'll get into that with him. In the meantime, let's just go to it, Jerry. Let's go to Ripped from the Headlines. Ripped from the Headlines. So as we were talking about this, as we were talking about energy prices, um, this other breaking story happened, and you spent a lot of time covering it on your show on Sunday, and that is the so-called, I don't listen, I don't even want to call it the don't, don't say gay bill, because that gives credence to how the left is classified. Sure. It. Uh, but, but right, I mean, Jerry, is there a better way to, is there a better way, how do you refer to the bill um, and, and tell us uh, about this and, and, uh, and, and why, why so many people are getting it wrong? Well, I mean, what to call it, I'm not sure, other than it's, it's curriculum reform, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a parental right bill. Uh, and, and the thing is, and I want everyone to do this, you can go to the Florida State Senate, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, flsenate.gov, and download this piece of legislation yourself. It's only seven pages. And it's written like a piece of legislation. So therefore, it's not even seven pages of substance. Yes. Uh, there are only uh, there are three sections of the bill, uh, it, really paragraphs, three paragraphs that uh, explain uh, with clarity directly uh, with words, Andrew, what the bill does. And here's what it does. Hold on. Hold on. Before we get to what it does, I, I because I want to I want to ping on this. I think we should call it a maintain childhood innocence bill or maintain elementary school innocence bill, because you're going to get into exactly what it does. And maybe we'll, we'll we'll circle back and revisit this. Go ahead, Jerry. I'm sorry. So, well, again, the reason why I think it, it's a parental right bill it, 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 it is very simple. And that is <clears throat> the first part of the legislation uh, says that uh, no instructor, third party or other uh, school uh, administrator uh, will instruct as part of the curriculum uh, sexual identity uh, to grades, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. Well, that's simple enough, right? Yeah. The, the, uh, the value systems uh, around uh, uh, identity politics and sexual identity is something that is a it's a value. It's almost a, a religious uh, uh, perspective, and that should and that should be taught at home. The scary part is is that the bill ends there. It does not prohibit such instruction uh, 
to fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, which is yeah. to me very disturbing. But then again, the bill goes on. And this sure. is the this is the this is the clarifying and most important piece of the bill. It says that any kind of emotional distress or physical distress that parents should be notified. Yeah. Physical, emotional, um, or mental distress, yeah. parents should be notified. Why? in the name of all that is good that this has to actually be legislation tells you the state of public schools. And then of course it gets into more, uh, uh, more specifics. Like if there's a health questionnaire, uh, parents should be able to see it before it's given to the children. Again, a parental rights bill. There's nothing in this bill uh, that is uh, anti LGBTQ. There's nothing in this bill uh, that would prohibit the discussion of these issues. For, For instance, Andrew, yeah. In kindergarten, if little Susie comes in and little Susie, you know, it's a it's a bring your family to school day and little Susie has two mommies. And then, uh, you know, little Joe wants to know, why does Susie have two mommies? The kindergarten class can have that discussion. It's just that it's not in the curriculum. And I know yeah. I'm going on. Let me just. No, no, no. This is important. This is important and for, stuff. And for our audience. So I interviewed yeah. a school teacher. Yeah. And I asked her, what what's the difference between instruction and discussion, right? It seems it seems or to curriculum, be, curriculum, exactly and right. Yeah. And yeah. she said, and she said, it's 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 very clear. Uh, if it's part of the curriculum, uh, then she has to in her classroom have posters and books. Uh, she has to have visual aids uh, that she can point to uh, that uh, that promote the promote yeah. the instruction. So therefore, she would have to have in her classroom gender neutral dolls or uh, books about uh, 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 binary uh, cisgender, transgender yeah. uh, situations. And again, this is kindergarten. So again, this is common sense. Absolutely. And the firestorm, the firestorm from the left <laughs> tells us yeah. how important this is uh, in terms of legislation. I mean, this gets into stuff that you and I've talked about in the past. And I've talked about it more on the air. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, uh, seeing as a really in only 14 episodes in, you know, the regular episodes and the two bonus episodes. But you and I have had this conversation over the years about, you know, we had 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, we had the conversation about gay marriage. And you said, you know, this is, you know, I am, I have no problem with, with two people wanting to, and I, and I agree with you here. I have no problem with two people who, uh, if they happen to be of the same gender, um, if they want to engage in some kind of, you know, legal construction of a relationship, which is like marriage, um, but you know the state, and I, I sort of went further and said the state should be out of it. But what you you raised was this issue of how there is the incrementalism, right. and the incrementalism gets to the uh, uh, sort of opening all of this stuff up to to children and reducing the age of consent and all right. of these kinds of kinds of areas. And I I was skeptical twenty years ago, but yet here we are in twenty twenty two. And we're talking about having these discussions in first, second, and third grade. And listen, I don't, I don't claim to remember everything about first, second, and third grade. <laughs> um, you probably had a half kindergarten. I did half day. Um, I did have half day kindergarten yeah. as well. Yes. So I think about that. Think about it. so when you and I were in kindergarten, and it's not that long ago. Yes. Um, it was oh. it was half day. So it was it was nap time. It was story time. Uh, it was snack time, and then it was home. Yeah, now, I don't think we had now, yeah. now they're trying to teach uh, very complicated philosophies and ideas well, like 
transgenderism to kindergartners. And it's about, and it's, that's right. And it's, you know, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, again, talking about protecting childhood innocence, right. You know, the, 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 you know, we start with the story of the, the drag queen story time, you know, and, and folks are like, oh, there's no harm. It's just a man who wants to dress as a woman. And, and, well, and we'll stop there for a second because yeah. yeah, there is no harm with grownups. I mean, look, we can have a spiritual discussion or a religious discussion. We're not having that in no. a in a free society, in a free country. Uh, people should be able to organize their lives the way they want sure. to. Right. No, no, but the, okay. but the problem yeah. is, isn't drag queens hanging out with drag queens or or whatever it is? It is bringing it to the innocence and the undeveloped That's brain. That's what I'm saying. And the I'm, under I'm, and the underdeveloped and the under and the and the not yet developed sexuality of a child. And that's what, that's my point is that it's right. not, you know, I have no problem. Like we have a, 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 a Peruvian restaurant in town every Wednesday of drag queen bingo. Um, and honestly, the guy <laughs> I would who, love to see you the, the guy in, who, a, in a dress and a pair listen, of high the heels. The guy who used to cut my hair is the, is the, is <laughs> yeah. the facilitator of drag queen bingo. Um, Andrew, but, I don't think you and I need to uh, keep clarifying that we have a live and let live. No, 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 uh, no, no. Respect my, this is, the this dignity is my, this of is others. My point. I'm just trying to imagine my my elementary school librarian, Mr. Kincannon, <laughs> having a drag queen in our little library at Juniper Hill. It's confusing. Why it's, do we want to like, confuse yes. children? Again, I mean, listen, I was confused enough when Slim Goodbody showed up in his remember Slim <laughs> Goodbody with his body suit with all the internal. I was that was enough for me. You know, oh, my um, goodness. You know, anyway, I, but, I, but Andrew, you, you, you know. do raise a, a good point and we don't have to belabor it. But uh, I said this. I was on last night. I hosted a show last night, nine to eleven over at yes. WBAL. And I said this. I said I said this 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 raises the issue of is there an element pushing for this type of legislation that really is about grooming children? Well, that's, grooming yes. them. And, and this and, is what and, you've said before. Right. And yeah. And, and again, uh, this uh, whole thing has been branded as anti-gay or yes. anti or anti-transgender. It's not. And, and let me let me say this for our listeners and for you. And I want to ask you a question about your shows on Sunday and yesterday. But go sure. ahead. But but here here's the bottom line. So I was at a, a, a big media dinner last week uh, and I talked to an anchor at a at a at a cable news network. And it was after the dinner and we were winding down and, and so it was off the record. And he said to me, he said, Jerry, what's up with you Republicans and, and, and this anti-gay legislation in Florida? And I said to him, I said, I said, you should know better. It's seven pages. Did you read it? Well, I, and he said to me, I don't have to read it. I trust the coverage. <laughs> and I said to him and I said, look, I said, I don't want to I don't want to argue <laughs> with you. To that. I don't want to argue with you the merits of the bill. But, but let, let me say this. Uh, would you be in favor of legislation in Florida or anywhere uh, that would require in the curriculum instruction of the Judeo-Christian sexual ethics? And he, he recoiled. Of course not. That's religion. And I said, thank you. I said, I said, transgenderism or more or more broadly and more to more to the point, um, uh, sexual identity. This is this is a belief system. This is not based on science or, or, or biology. This is a belief system. So why don't we do this? How about we just say the public schools on these type of belief systems should remain neutral? And what did he say? He, I mean, he, he, he oh. didn't argue the point. Yeah. I, I, what kind of a reaction were you getting from listeners on Sunday and last night? 
Well, I, I mean, I, I would love to tell you that I was getting thoughtful responses. Okay. Um, but, but no, I got, I got, there were three types of responses uh, from callers and from texters. Yeah. And texters can be uh, even more over the top in their response. I got the, um, you're, you're just a bigot. Sure. Right. Uh, to, uh, to, to bigoted statements about gay people. Yeah. Uh, to reasonable, reasonable people who, who like my take, and that is on these very serious moral and religious issues, schools should remain neutral. You know, we should do a show about faith without faith, right? Or the, the idea sure. of, of the, the secular humanism as faith. Well, and, you know, Ch- Chuck Coulson, Charles Coulson, who was, a, who was a, again, I, I never met the man, yeah. but his books and his, and his teachings kind of mentored me. Uh, intellectually, yeah. how, how to marry your 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 intellect uh, and your spirit in terms of how, how to be how to how to be both a, a citizen of this kingdom and that kingdom. It was sure. so anyway. Uh, but but he 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 talked about how uh, secular humanism because you you brought you raised that 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 phrase yeah. is indeed a faith system. It's a religion, yes. and so identity politics and sexual identity falls in the. Um, falls into the category of secular humanism, which is religion. We shouldn't be teaching religion in public schools. You know, it, it's it's one of those things. I got into it a couple of years ago with somebody to actually bring it full circle back to the Ukrainian-Russian crisis. Got into it a few years ago with someone about um, about the deaths of, of millions of people in Soviet Russia, uh, specifically Stalin. And, and I made the statement, and it was kind of an offhanded statement, as I recall, essentially raising a theory and it kind of it was a provocative theory which is if if atheism is faith right the the absence of faith is as a, a, a version of faith then wasn't weren't the weren't the deaths of so many people in uh, in soviet russia for religious purposes I don't remember why I, I said that, but it was anyway. It was it was it was a thought at, at the time. Let me before we before we go to John Jerry. Let, let's sure. just shift gears for a second. Um, so we we are you seeing any kind of stabilization where you are in gas prices? No, I mean they keep on going up. We've seen a little bit of stabilization where I am. Um, a, a couple of different places that where it hasn't gone up nearly as appreciatively as I as I thought it was going to. We'll, we'll get. Gas prices have been jumping up uh, uh, every day. I haven't been out. I haven't got gas today, but yeah, um, I, I drove by a, a, a gas station, a, a Safeway station that I, I like, and uh, gas is usually very inexpensive there. Uh, and last night it was uh, for regular gas. It was uh, four dollars and fifty four cents and in, in the nine tenths. You know what I, mean? I am wondering. I am wondering if the more independent um, um, gas stations, right? The gas stations are all sort of affiliated with uh, with a major, you know, sure. petroleum company. Just, yeah. But they're, uh, you know, they're mostly independently owned and operated. And so I'm wondering how many of them. So a lot of times you'll see that the smaller independent gas stations, some of them can, they're getting cheaper gas. I'm wondering if they're getting caught on the short end of the stick because I know, like for instance, our local Wawa um, 
had gas for less expensive. I don't know. It's it's well. It's, well, here's the thing too. Remember this: there are lots of places. There's a place up in uh, Frederick that I like in Buckystown. I get oh. I, where I get gas, and gas is usually, I mean, fifty cents cheaper than other places. But the reason is, is that the gas is just what's the economic term? It's a loss leader. Yes, and and they 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 make their money on on their cafe and their market uh, and sure. all the rest of it. Got it. That makes that that makes sense. It, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm thinking about uh, uh, Costco gas and and, and making. Oh sure, yeah, to, right, right. Now we're gonna play this. Should we play this now? Um, you called me up this morning, and you were you were <laughs> you were stunned. Um, you know, I'm gonna tee this up. We'll, we'll you know we'll no we'll, we'll play it now. You were stunned this morning. You were watching Fox, and 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 what happened, Jerry? Well, I'm watching Fox, and 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 I'm I was kind of overtaken by the silliness of the of the coverage and such things. They're talking about Ukraine, and they're showing children and and Zelensky, you know, uh, standing firm and very serious, uh, but but with an unserious tone. And I said to Erica, my wife, I said, "Look, God bless Zelensky, but we shouldn't be making him into this kind of pop God star. God forbid, yes, right, a pop star or this, yeah. you know, greater than." And as I'm saying it, they uh, a um, uh, uh, a singer from what's the name of the band? Five for Fighting, John Andrasik. Five, five for Fighting. Uh, they say we're going to we're going to uh, have right here the debut of a song for Zelensky. Yes, I thought. And, and oh here, my and here, goodness! And here and here it is. I watched it. Um, we'll play it for John as well. But but here we go. Oh wait, is it already gone? Nothing to see here. Holy cow. That's very curious. That's really weird. Yeah. Kevin Sorbo deleted that tweet. One man can save the world. Zelensky can save the world. Again, wait, wait I a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I got to hold on for a second. This is this is kind of strange. Well, while you're doing it for our listeners, yeah, go I, ahead. I, I should say something, right? Yes, but the bottom should, but the course. bottom line is, is that, look, we understand Putin is the villain. Russia is the aggressor. Uh, I support Ukraine uh, and, and their fight uh, against this aggressor. But we have to be careful about making um, uh, making uh, saints out of people. I hope I, I hope I didn't cause Kevin Sorbo to delete his tweet. I mean, my response, my response is those of you who are watching can see this. But I wrote Jeebus because I don't like writing down Jesus uh, yeah. on, on tweets. I wrote Jeebus. Listen, I love K Sorbs. That's Kevin Sorbo's Twitter account. I love K, K Sorbs, uh, support Ukraine, and am astonished at Zelensky's leadership. But this, and then and then I I, I linked to the, the YouTube thing. Well, I what? wonder, I wonder if it's gone over. Let's stop the share and then we're gonna we're gonna go to the next segment. I wonder, Jerry, yeah, um, if if and I'll have to look while we're talking to John. I wonder if the five for fighting song has gone over like a lead balloon and, and they have taken it off of YouTube. I, I it's just, it's, I have, I, I have no idea. It was again, uh, for our listeners, we understand the seriousness of this. Tell you what, let's make the jump. We'll explain it. All right. When John comes on. Cause John may have heard the song, um, but I'll sing it for you, Andrew, if you want me to. Now, <laughs> yes, okay. Now it's time for expert advice. Expert advice. Well, welcome to our expert advice segment. I am so happy to be joined by an old friend, a longtime friend, I should say, because he's not that old. 
uh, uh, John <laughs> Justice, he is a host on uh, Twin Cities News Talk out of the Twin Cities. I've known him uh, when he was doing radio in Arizona. He is an author. He is a podcaster. Uh, John, you've got a new series of books, right? Are you, you, are, have you embarked on a new, on a new uh, uh, series of Embark books? No, I'm, I'm wrapping up book seven okay. in the series. That'll wrap the wow. series up. Um, at least so far. And then I'm, I'm torn between starting another series, which I have an idea on or continuing to write stories in my Embark science fiction series. So right now I'm currently at the very end of editing book seven in my series. That is, I listen, I am, I am so amazed. That is, that is wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, the books are great. I have, I think the first three. So now I clearly need to get caught up on, on the next four, um, or the the next one. Why why don't you clue our audience in on the books? Well, the books um, are, yeah, thank you. Or, or you either, either one. Um, no, so I was, uh, I'll try to do the, the short version because I could take up the entire show talking about this. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I grew up a big Star Wars fan and um, I really, when I, grammar is one of the things that I'm worst at. <laughs> so yeah. I challenged myself back in 2014 to see if I could write a story. And I really wanted to, to know what it would be like to kind of be like George Lucas. Um, but he ruined it for everybody in creating when he created Star Wars, in my opinion, because you take anything and take it outside of Earth realm and you're kind of just ripping on Star Wars. So um, I created a, a story set in the future um, where bottom line is everybody, uh, everybody gets around in space vehicles rather than driving uh, car, uh, flight culture, air and space flight culture is a place replace car culture. And I combined all of my favorite genres. So sort of the the sci-fi of James Cameron, where he injects a love story with an apocalyptic tale that nice. basically turns into a space opera. Um, gotcha. And the end of the day, it's freedom and uh, liberty versus uh, tyranny. Uh, you know, it's got great, you know, family values themes in it. And I wanted to do science fiction that was more conservative, you know, yep. an apocalyptic yep. tale that didn't involve climate. It's an industrial. Sure. <laughs> yes. Here, here. So the oh, first could... story is everybody getting off of Earth, and then after that, it's colonization of distant planets and wars and factions and stuff like that. So Love it. for all ages, written for adults, but kids as young as 12 oh, enjoy it. That's good stuff. Excellent. That's good great. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, and 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 uh, John Jerry is the author of Real Clear Books, so... Yes, this, this, you know, this, this wouldn't be a bad, uh, this is a good, good connection to make. So John, before we uh, open up the segment, as we were closing our, our rip from the headline segment, uh, I had started to play, I wanted to play this morning, Jerry was watching Fox, Fox and Friends, <laughs> and, and the lead singer of Five for Fighting came on to tee up a new song he's written about uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. And I went to go play it because I had retweeted something from Kevin Sorbo. And Jerry, John is no stranger to the novelty song, yes. um, uh, the parody song. Um, this and, is not that, though. Well, no, no, no. But it's, it, it's a novelty song. It, it is. This is by, by definition. Novelty. Well, when he sang on Fox News, he sang it like it was a love song. Well, OK, well, you can have long songs that are novelty songs. Um, and and so I went to go and and play it from the Kevin Sorbo tweet. And Kevin Sorbo had deleted his tweet, which was very strange. Uh, but here you you get to hear this first. Um, I mean, let me go and play this. Da, da, da. I heard the debut. Yes, Jerry heard Jerry heard the Jerry heard the debut of this. So let, let's play this. Uh, John, you can see this. Uh, the yep. song is Can One Man Save the World uh, by uh, the lead singer of Five for Fighting. All right. 
Who is this comedian? His audience more mass than men. The Superman Ukrainian, I don't know. Great grandson of the Holocaust, an Eastern heart the West has lost. Mail or carry up his cross, I don't know. But he's got everyone thinking. Play a little bit. Yeah, he's got all of us thinking. Can one man save the world in a thousand years? Will they say your name, or is this all in vain? There you right. go. You, you, you get the picture. Um, I just, I just shook my head at this. <laughs> I mean, Thank you, John. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then what the, the oh. female, the female host on, on Fox and friends, uh, is it Rachel Campos? My, my friend, Rachel Campos, Duffy. Campos, I'm sorry. And she was like, John, not you, John, the other John, John, do you think Zelensky has heard the song? <laughs> and and Jerry was yelling at his TV. Oh, no, still, it's just been released. <laughs> I like her. I like her too. And oh, I, so do I. I mean, I, I, I here's I can't the, envy the, the. I understand the position that she's in, but I mean, come on. <laughs> but what again? You know, part part of my criticism of the Biden administration uh, through this uh, through this uh, Ukraine Russia uh, war is is its unseriousness. I mean, last week, the president is still yesterday. The president is still talking about purchasing uh, uh, electric cars. Uh, He's talking about green energy. Um, He's not, however, talking about uh, what's necessary uh, to aid the Ukraine, Ukrainian people. uh, And and also to get us off this 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 myth that there is that that, that green energy uh, is an option for the near future. And but he's unserious. And so I, I watched this thing this morning. I was like, oh, my goodness, everyone's unserious uh, and we need grownups back. I, and I hate that phrase. Right. That was yeah. the phrase during the Trump years. Oh, when when will there be a grown up in the room? Well, there are no grown ups anywhere. Well, I'll, you know, I'll take something like this. And you, did you guys see the um, the slam poetry that was done by that actress when this whole thing got started with the if, if Putin, if I was your mother? Oh my goodness, no! Oh, but I'm gonna go pull that up now. Okay. All right, you gotta find you gotta find the Putin. Yes. If I was your mother, slam poetry done by this actress right right when everything started. She had put out this ridiculous poem of her speaking into the camera and saying, you know, she would have loved him and and held him and all this stuff. Right? Um, I'm with you on sort of the I guess I'll say cheesiness of it. Um, I, I want to comment on on what you said about about yeah this yes this this here this one I want to comment about what you said about Biden but like for for the five for fighting guy and this person um, like I don't personally begrudge anybody of course yeah I get it you know, and, and I know you know that if this right. is their wheelhouse and this is is what they feel like is making a difference I agree with you sure. you know it, it's it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything you know I'm not one to get inspired by songs like this and. And, and to think that they can make a big, massive difference is just people dealing with it in their own ways. And the same rings true with this. With Yeah, let me let me let me play this. Hopefully I can. Um, oh, it's it, there's no video. It's just her. Oh. Let me let me let me find the video. So let me. So while you find the video, yeah. if I can comment on what you said about Biden. Sure. I had a um, early on in my radio career. I had a, I had a consultant 
And he gave me one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever received um, in the 26 years that I've been doing radio. And he says, be as, as genuine and authentic as you can be, and you'll reach the biggest audience you're capable of reaching. Mm. Biden isn't genuine or authentic. No, no gravitas whatsoever. No, no he, there, there, there's, when he speaks, he's not speaking from here at all. He's speaking for whatever was written in front of him, yep. whatever he is supposed to say. He's not acting like a leader. He, and the moments when we do see genuine Biden, it's ugly. Yes, it's, it's it's uncomfortable. It's, it's ugly. It's mean. it's dog it's dog pay, dog face pony soldier. It's how dare yeah. you question me? Yeah, agreed. So, so that's that's where I see it with Biden. You're right. It's it's a level of unseriousness, but it's not it's not genuine. It's not authentic. There's it doesn't resonate with 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 anybody. And I think that on the one hand, what they're doing is not necessarily bad because I don't want to get into a shooting war with Russia. But I also think it's benefiting their agenda because sure. they can point sure. to and say everything's his fault. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, right. And when we're well, going to get to that in the day. And that's, and it, but that's part of the unseriousness of this, where uh, inflation is Putin's inflation. Well, uh, it's Putin's gas prices. Well, again, uh, they're gaslighting the American people. But I guess even there, the American people have an obligation and a responsibility not to be gaslit. Yes, but it's hard. Let's 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 hear this because I haven't heard this before. This is a uh, uh, the actress, Anna Lynn McCord, a uh, former uh, 90210 star, I guess. I don't know. Here, here, here she is. <laughs> Dear President Vladimir Putin. I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. If I was your mother, you would have been so loved, held in the arms of joyous light. Never would the story's plight, the world unfurled before our eyes, a pure demise of nations sitting peaceful under a night sky. If I was your mother, the world would have been warm, so much laughter and joy, and nothing would harm. I can't imagine the stain, the soul-stealing pain. Oh, my God. Okay. You know, if, if she'd been his mother and she'd been so cloying, he would have wound up being like... Um, uh, oh God, Nathan Bates, Norman Bates from Psycho. <laughs> That's all I can think. I mean, we don't know. I mean, this is right. This is the problem that we get into. And I, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. When you try to ascribe some kind of mental state to your enemy, whether it is that right. they weren't loved, right, or or sure. whether they're a madman, I mean, it it takes away their agency, and it, it's a it's a whole it's it, you know it, it, you wind up. You wind up missing the forest for the trees, and right. but, but the John's but the, the John's point earlier, uh, this actress uh, won't be in meetings uh, with the Security Council or with uh, members of uh, the Pentagon. I mean, so it's it's harmless and silly, and again, maybe it makes her feel better. Mm-hmm. But but my problem is is that I think there are people at the White House with that kind of mentality, and that's scary to me. Well, right. I mean, this is what drive what drove them to have the meeting with all the TikTokers last week, which, you know, I've decided I'm not going to I don't think I'm going to play the, the TikTok video that I pulled up. But uh, but this is this is where we are. Um, you know, John, it's it's one of those things where you've you've watched the trends happen. Um, I mean, what is this that what you know, where, where do you think this all ends? Normally, I'm the one you're asking me these questions, um, but but I'm going to turn the tables on you. I mean, where do you think this all goes? You know, I think, it, oh gosh, in the grand scheme of things, you're yeah. talking specifically about TikTok. Anywhere no, 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 no. Yeah. 
No, uh, you know, I, at the end of the day, I think, I, I, I don't think it moves. I don't think it moves the needle much either way. Yeah. I, I, I really don't. I think it reinforces individuals like us who see this stuff and want to see more resolve, want to see more authenticity. Right. Um, and I think for the individuals out there who are the TikTokers who are talking to the administration, um, you know, they're going to feed it. And you and, and you were right, by the way, I, I didn't think that this was going to resonate, but we already have TikTokers that are out there based off of the talking points they received from the White House. Not, you know, they're <laughs> they're talking about these things and whether or not that resonates with individuals who watch that type of stuff, um, they're probably they're probably already hearing that from other outlets anyways. And so I don't know how much of a difference it ends up making apart from making the administration in, in, and again, this goes back to the resolve on both sides, apart from making the administration look continually ridiculous by those of us that are watching this, taking it seriously going, you know, you're, you're placating, you're, you're, yeah. you're, pan, you're pandering and, out there right now. This is not what we, this is not, we need leadership, not TikTokers and YouTubers in the white house. Yeah. And, and, and let, let me ask this question because, you know, if you're engaged in conflict, and I agree with what John again said earlier about we don't want to get into a shooting war with Russia, at least not over Ukraine. Um, but there are things that we can do in terms of real sanctions, real energy policy, changing uh, uh, our own energy policy. There are things that we can do. So to do these things, you do need the support of the American people. So I, I understand, you know, TikTok and new media, but they don't they're not using it. They're not leveraging these relationships uh, to rally uh, young people to support uh, aid to Ukraine. Uh, it's they're, they're, they're doing oh. this to leverage a myopic uh, you know uh, view on climate change and, and green energy, which is. Jerry, that is a, that is a brilliant point. And, and to, to sort of underscore it, what Jerry is saying is that while they should be doing this to sort of explain really what's going on in the world and why this is important. Instead, they're using these meetings with the TikTokers to uh, hide their agenda, to essentially build support for their, you, you know, using this agenda, using this crisis. Sure. John, John, I mean, what are your thoughts there? Well, no, I, I, I agree. And I think it's, re well, and, and it's reinforcing what they're already being fed within the, within the, the sure. school system. I mean, a lot of people yeah. are out of the school system, but some of them are still younger and are still going through, but they're, they're being fed this, uh, they're being fed this as well. It's a further extension of the propaganda doing that thing with my fingers that the administration is already <laughs> is already feeding, um, you know, and I, I, I hope it, I, I guess I'm probably being naive, but like I said, Andrew, when we talked earlier this week, I was really kind of thinking that this wouldn't make that big of a difference, but you know, it, it may just, we've had articles written locally by a couple of teens who are, uh, who oh, no. are um, reaching out to their local, local city, a local city here in Minnesota. And they were demanding that they declare a climate emergency in their city because this was the fight of their lives and their futures depend on it, you know, and we, you know, we read it on the air, we properly mocked it on the air because it was, it was deserved to be mocked. But those two teenagers genuinely believe that they believe you know, there is an existential threat to their lives because of climate change. And this will further perpetuate no. that while they while they push their narrative over this being ever all of our problems are because of Russia. So so I was on last night. Uh, I, I did a fill in host uh, job over at WBAL. And uh, again, uh, talking about climate change, talking about green energy, I made I made the point that green energy, uh, especially uh, solar and wind, it's a myth. It doesn't exist. We don't have the we don't we don't have the 
the technology. We don't have the grid. We don't have the necessary materials. It's just, it's not real energy. It's just, it's a myth. And, and so, and, and I got these texters texting in, well, you know, it's a threat and it's mankind. Uh, we're going to be destroyed. And I, and I, and, and you pose the question, what threat? Yeah. Where? And then I, cause I could list off the top of my head, the 100 biggest predictions that have never come true. Yeah. I mean, so they keep on saying there's a threat. What, what's the threat? Because if Maryland, the state of Maryland just passed a climate action bill uh, uh, because of uh, climate change, it won't do anything except virtue signal for the left. And then for the rest of it, rest of us increase the cost of, of our lives. No one ever asks these young people. I look and I'm, I don't mean to, 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 to rant here, but I'll just say this real quick. Cause my, you know, I have, I have young kids and, and they, and they watch the social media. And even last night at dinner time, uh, my, my 12 year old said to me, well, dad, you know, climate change is a real threat. Well, sweetheart, how is it a threat? And then she, she, she named three things. And I, and I explained to her how her information on those three things were, were wrong. And she was like, oh, okay. You know, again, we can still be persuasive as well. Mm-hmm. It's just that I don't think there's enough of, of pushback. I know you do it. I do it. We do it, but there needs to be better pushback with just the simple truth. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, but Here's my rant. Before we get to, you know, John, let me ask you this sort of in that context, because all three of us have kids who are roughly the same age. And I know, you know, I, I, I've, I can see the anxieties in my kids, right. And they're being spun up. And, and it's funny because it gets into what John and what, what Jerry and I were talking about earlier, which is the don't say gay bill, right. Uh, or the so-called don't say gay bill in Florida. John, are you noticing that young people who are friends with, I think you have, you have the, your one son, right? Uh, I have two sons. I have a 15 and 19 year old. Okay. There you go. Two sons. Are you noticing sort of increased anxiety among your sons and their friends? Are, are they, are they getting spun up about these issues in a way that we, we were spun up about things when we were kids, largely the cold war, whether or not we were going to be nuked by Russia, silly that we're now facing this again. But but are you seeing that, uh, Jerry? Are you seeing that? But John, John first to you. Um, I'm not. Look, I'm not seeing that. Um, you okay. know, my 19 year old is is more aware. He pays more attention to this stuff, and um, but he's also living in the household of a conservative talk show. Host, there you go. Um, too. So you know, you got to kind of gauge that as well. And and you know, but Kyle, my 15 year old, he's not discussing these things. He's playing Apex Legends with his, with his buddies <laughs> and. And, you know, and he, he, he's not, he's not worried about this stuff. Hey. And we try to, I don't want to say shield him, but we, we try to keep it out of the fray because he's, he's sure. 15, he's growing up. He doesn't need to be, to, to be, to be bothered with this stuff. Um, I, I want to add something though, if you don't mind. And, Please. And, and by the way, time-wise, I can, if we go a little long, I can go. Oh, long. good. We're fine. Thanks. So, you know. um, but to, to, to what you were saying a moment ago, and I think we even talked about this, we need to go on the offensive more often. Oh, yeah. Jerry, it's a big thing for Jerry. Sure. Right? We need to go on the offensive more often. Unfortunately, conservatives aren't in a good position to go on the offensive because of what a masterful job the left has done. Yes, you're absolutely right. Everybody. But the next time we get a Republican or a conservative in the White House, they got to do this stuff. Yep. You know, and we need strong leadership that's going to be able to ignore the noise that's the, the, the noise made by the minority in size 
of the most vocal of those proponents that are going to toss racist and Nazi out sure. at a moment's notice. We've got to do. I mean, this is. I mean, I'm I'm beating a, I'm beating a dead oh, horse. No, here. but 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 you're right. Look, I I I I have um, and you probably have the same guests on your shows, but I have you know conservative leaders and writers, and you know, and they 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 talk about victories and we're winning and. And I stopped them. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> we haven't won a major policy battle in this country in four decades. We're losing. We've lost. In fact, we've lost academia. We've lost public schools. We've lost. Uh, the only thing we have left to a certain extent is the church. And I mean, a, the broad church, sure. uh, the military still kind of and small businesses. So the small they business community. I mean, and Jerry and I disagree on this because I do think we had victories in the last administration. And I and I. I battles would, yes not but not 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 in-depth policy oh, listen are we are we losing the war yeah probably <laughs> but 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 my point is this and it's an interesting little axiom here which is that we talk about grown-ups to go back to what you were saying earlier jerry you know where you know and and the left talking about uh, you know bringing grown-ups back in where what we're really talking about is people who know how to get stuff done and when we had people who knew how to get, st get stuff done in the agencies, in the executive branch, um, they were able to get stuff done. They were able to accomplish things. You know, our good friend Eric Hargan over at, uh, over at uh, Health and Human Services, folks over at EPA, folks at Interior. It was when they brought in the amateurs to sort of oversee right, but, everything. But let, let, let me was, push. I get your point, I, and I agree with you. I'm sorry you, to bring you into this, but, uh, this argument. But let me, but I, I, just, I'll, I'll say two things, and I'll give it the floor back. Um, I... We, we get things done in the moment and then someone else comes in and it's undone. Uh, most of Eric's work at HHS has been undone uh, and, and, and it has not continued uh, from the provider relief fund to the, uh, to some of the private partnerships, the expansion of broadband, it's all been undone. But to the other question, I think this is interesting. You asked about my, you know, the kids, yeah. my, my kids aren't spun up about climate change. What they're spun up about is uh, how do you talk about it? Sure. Because there's so much pressure to use certain language and to accept certain things. And, and I, I, I think my kids are always a little bit worried. Like they'll have, a, a, mm. I, have an, I have a, I have a 22 year old, my oldest. She was over here uh, recently and uh, with, uh, with two of her friends and uh, politics. We talk about politics in our house and, and she's always a little worried, you know, Am I going to be persuasive when I talk about these issues or am I going to be embarrassing? And I think too many of us, I don't think the three of us, because this is, this is our profession, but I think many, many of us, many of our, on our side uh, can't talk about these issues and actually make it worse. And that's part of the problem. Well, and I'll, and I'll add to that because this fits in line with, with something that I, that I was thinking about a moment ago. And that is people need to be able to be more like, talk show hosts. And what I mean by that is, and even politicians, and, and, and maybe I'm being naive, but if you guys think I am, please, you'll tell me, you'll tell me or tell me that you see this, <laughs> that I'm missing it. But <laughs> we need more people on our side, conservatives, Republicans, standing up and pushing back on individuals that throw out the names and going, I'm not a Nazi. I'm not a racist. Knock it off. You're be throwing it back in their face and saying, this is not who I am. That is a lie. I, too many yeah. times I see, sure. and I think that's where we've lost so much of the ground is there's a fear out there to address what we're being called for fear that it's going to make us look like we are what we're being called. But 
until we can until we can sort of regain back and change the narrative back to we may have a difference in ideologies and our political yes. belief systems, but we're not evil incarnate. And right now, you're not going to be able to get a you, back to YouTube and TikTok. You're not going to be sure. able to reach those people or those kids because immediately they're going to cast anybody that wants to show them a different viewpoint as being a Nazi or a racist or an evil individual. And the only when, way we can counter that is to push back on it. And it's going to take time, but we've got to start at yeah. some point. When they redefine racism as no longer being bigotry, but being something else, that's when they can start labeling everybody who disagree with them as racists. And therefore they could label them as Nazis. I mean, it's, it's essential. It was a very, it was an elegant way. I don't mean that as a, as a positive thing, but it was a, a, an elegant way of, of doing it. John, let me switch gears a little bit. Cause we critical, were talking about the race theory, right? Yeah, there. absolutely. hundred yeah. um, percent. We were talking about this, this controversy in Florida or the controversy that has erupted over what Jerry and I both agree is a fairly straightforward bill this don't say gay bill. What are you, what are you and, and Drew talking about on your show with this? And what are you hearing from your listeners about this? You know, there's, there's honestly very in, in the wake of everything going on. Um, it's kind of just been white noise. Interesting. Um, there, there's been very, I mean, people see how ridiculous it, the, the controversy has been around it. Um, the, 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 did you see the video where, where all of these, uh, all these liberals were saying gay over and over yeah, again. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes. You yes. know, I mean, it's just and the memes. It's it's ludicrous. Yeah. It's 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 well, so it's, it's it's ludicrous until Disney CEO comes out and yes. says, "Well, we're going to fight this." Right. And again, I said this earlier in the show. I, I I've been saying this all week on on other shows, and that is the CEO of Disney or the uh, or the men and women who cover this issue. They should read the bill. It's seven pages. <laughs> It's only seven pages and it, it highlights in three sections exactly what it's going to do. And this is something that if there wasn't a controversy over it, I think 90 percent liberal and conservatives would be like, oh, this is reasonable. But that is a perfect example. And I'll, I'll make it quick. Bob Chapek. OK, because I followed this whole thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love I love my Star Wars. I love my Disney. And I followed this whole thing. Sure. Um, and I actually have a, a quick little anecdote in, in, in a moment. Please, you guys don't mind take your time. It's kind of along these same lines. But Bob Chapek, I think, actually did read the bill. Because initially, he was remaining neutral on this no. whole thing. Initially, he was saying that they weren't going to pull any funding. He was kind of just being quiet over it. Sure. Moving along. It wasn't until his silence over calling out against it wow. caused the upheaval that he went and switched. And I was listening to a, a, a podcast this morning, a pop culture podcast slash film, and I was hearing they were talking about this story. And the hosts on the show were under the impression that because he was so late in condemning the bill that he should lose his position as CEO. Oh my goodness. Wow. But, but I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, Hat tip to Bob Chapek. Yeah. Sure. You know, I mean, I was I wasn't an Iger fan, but, but I but he, 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 you know, I, John, a question to you. So the 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 media host, the, the podcast host, the podcast host is saying perhaps he should lose his job for not opposing this. No, no, opposing it for not opposing for not opposing it quickly enough. Yes. Right. right. But, but again, it is the, the, there's nothing wrong with the bill. Yes. No. There's nothing to oppose. It is a it is a if your child has uh, 
experience distress, emotional, physical, um, uh, uh, his well-being or her well-being is, is uh, in distress, notify the parents. Uh, identity uh, issues shouldn't be instructed in the classroom. Discussion, yes. Instruction, no. And then lastly, any kind of questionnaires about health before it's given to the students, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, before the, the, the students receive these questionnaires, parents should be notified. I don't understand what it, there is to oppose here. Well, it's because the, the, the media isn't telling the truth. And there was yes. actually, a, and, and to, to, to what I was saying before, there was actually a fantastic video that I saw of, uh, of, of DeSantis yeah. calling out the media point blank and going over. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that over and over and over again, <laughs> doing what I was saying that we need to do. But of course, it got no play. Yes. They got yeah. no play on any outlet where it's going to get any sort of momentum. Well, I tell you another thing, John, I, 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 and I'm not sure what happens to you, but uh, Andrew, I think, can uh, would, would say amen to this. And, you know, he and I have received pushback from from uh, management in terms of some of the issues we want to cover. Why do you want to cover that for? That's done. Or what do you want to cover this for? You talked about it already. And and and, and again, maybe my ratings would be higher uh, if I if I if my if my programs were more segmented. But I like to take an issue like this and drive it through till we get to some kind of conclusion. I don't like to talk about something and then let it go. I like I like to talk about it until we've talked talked it through. And like in the church, it'd be like you pray until you have breakthrough. You don't stop praying until you get breakthrough on these issues. I don't want to stop talking about them until there's been some kind of breakthrough. And I, I think that's part of our problem, right? There are too many untruths uh, that we just let go because we're going from one thing to the next to the next. I think sometimes we have to sit still and fight the battle we're in. And with that in mind, let's uh, shift gears and talk about something else. <laughs> Sorry, John, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, no, no by all means. No, no, no. I was joking. I was making a joke. I was oh. making, but Jerry wants to somebody, know, you know somebody you, tell a joke. How do you guys, how do you, in terms of your, your structure, you guys will stick with the topic for a while. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on momentum, you know, it depends yeah, sure. on momentum and what kind of response we're getting from the audience. And, you know, I kind of approach each story, you know, sort of with three beats, you know, what's my instinctive reaction to it? What are the provocative points from it, you know, and, and, and what can we, what can we take away from it? I'm, I'm very much along the, along the same lines. I'd like to have sort of kind of, kind of have an arc, you know, yeah. sure. here, here's, here's why I was interested in it. Here are the details of what made it interesting to me. And, 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 you know, here's a, here's the, here's the provocative point to have at the end of the whole thing. Yeah. Here's a, the, the takeaway. Speaking of which, this is actually a perfect segue into this, into this other issue. You and I were talking about uh, um, uh, gas prices and, and energy supply. And again, in the very literal sense, the gaslighting of America, uh, over over gas prices, and and you said something really interesting. Offered up an interesting theory. I don't want to give it away, um, but 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 re, re, reiterate what you said to me on Monday. Your theory about what's going to happen uh, with regards to gas prices in the Biden administration. Well, I'm driving into work and I'm passing the gas station that I get gas at, and I'm seeing what the gas price is. And actually, it was funny, uh, uh, Andrew. I thought about you because we talk about you know things being binary and and. Uh, when it comes to what we're dealing with right now with the with inflation and certainly with the cost of energy and gas prices, it's affecting everybody. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not no one can escape it right now. Um, I think you fall on either side on who you're going to blame, but you can't get rid of it. So it got me thinking, well, you know, everybody's sort of looking to November, you know, and the, the talk continues to be Republicans are going to do well. Um, 
But at the same time, I'm wondering, well, what is the administration going to do in the interim? They're not going to start drilling, right? They're not going to open, they're not going to do Keystone to XL. I mean, they're, they're not going to do, they're not going to make his energy independent. He's not going to undo all the things that he did that Donald Trump had put in place that gave us those great years of, you know, low gas prices. So what can they do? Well, what if they were to offer up stimuluses? They declare this, 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 this energy crisis. They declared this situation we're in an energy crisis. And they say, you know what, to help offset the, 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 the pain that everybody is feeling at the pump, you know, and at the, at, you know, and they'll probably focus on gas. We'll focus on gas. We're, you know, the energy costs that everybody is feeling, whether it's gas, whether it's home, whatever. And they, they go and they use the same excuse they made for COVID. It's just money, yeah. right? They, dole, they doled out billions yeah. just because people were losing money because of COVID. So what if they rolled this out? And it, it makes a couple of different, it's, it plays in a couple of different ways. One, who, who's going to say no? You know, it puts Congress sort of in a tough position. Um, and it's kind of a, and I think, Andrew, you, you had commented on this too, but, you know, when do they do it? Do they do, do, do they roll it out pre um, the midterms yeah. or, you know, or, or do they hold on to it? For after and then propose it to try to get the Republicans to push back on it. But I could definitely see this offering up stimulus because we're in a crisis emergency and here's checks to the American public. I, I think they do a little bit of both. I, I mean, listen, I, I had thought before that they uh, that they just do it before the election, but I can almost see them trying to do a, a, a double take. Hey, we're going to do it now. And if you vote for us, you <laughs> get on what you get with fine curtain number three. Jerry, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, look, I mean. This would be a brilliant move by the administration and, and, and by the Democrats in, 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 in Congress. Nancy Pelosi, right, just last week was talking about how government spending uh, is not driving up the deficit. Uh, Pete Buttigieg was was just on, I think, this morning or, or yesterday and uh, saying the same thing. Uh, more spending, more government uh, spending does not drive up the deficit. So they're laying the talking points out now for the media. And so, yeah, I, uh, they'd have to wait, though. They'd have to they'd have to do this. They'd have to time this. So and they had to get their votes in order because it, and, and, and they'd, they'd want a little pushback from Republicans so they can use it in the midterm. Yeah. But this would be a, you know, August, they're away. So this is an October surprise. Do you think it's October? I think I think that they would even consider coming back, you know, or, or starting it down over the summer. And working it through so that the checks have got to hit before early voting starts or as early voting is starting. Well, you well see there's the already been articles that have done the math on this. Yeah. Um, there was an article that we read that said that, based, that, that as of right now, every American was going to be paying most likely $2,000 more sure. in gas prices. Um, when you couple that with the price of inflation, you're looking at about $3,000 in total. I don't know if that was per person or per, per household, but it was roughly around two to three grand yeah. that everybody was going to be paying extra because of the rising energy fuel costs and the, and the inflation costs. Um, yeah. And it would be, I mean, talk about putting the GOP in a tough position at that point in time, you know, when, 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 ev when everybody's feeling the pain and hurting and all it's going to take is Biden to declare it an emergency. Yeah. And, 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 and there's a history here too, right? I mean, in New Jersey, they have what's called the homestead rebate. Right. They overcharge property taxes. And so if, if you are a if you are a uh, uh, a, pr a privileged or a, 
uh, a class that they like or want or, or, or they want to manipulate, they give you a part of your taxes back, uh, the homestead yeah. rebate. So this could, this could be the great energy rebate. And, and I'm telling you, see, and this gets back to something that we were talking about just a few minutes ago. And, and what John was talking about, and you've talked about, Jerry, in terms of the pushback, we need to start pushing back. We, the conservative movement, needs to start pushing back on this idea now <laughs> and essentially or, saying they are trying to buy your votes. Or Donald Trump should propose it. Well, listen, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it'll never happen. Yeah, I love that. I love oh, that's I brilliant. Love that idea. We got to get we got to get uh, what, what's her, what's her name? Uh, uh, Ellis. What's her name again? Jenna Ellis. Jenna Ellis. We got we to gotta send her a text message that Donald Trump should propose now a gas energy rebate. Listen, you, you know, <laughs> I, I like it in theory, but they have no shame. Yes. They have no shame. They'll go and that, that'd be like the one moment because here's the, this goes back to what we said before. Let's say, and I'm with you on that. Like in theory, no. it seems like, yeah, they'll oppose it, but <laughs> they go and say, you know what? He's, he's right. He was wrong on everything else, but yes. he's right on that. And guess what happens? The media falls in lockstep with it. hundred percent. I, I, they go, I, they go, you know I what? Think, you're right. Yeah. Businessman. He made it. It's a good business decision. For <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, John, before we let you go, uh, lots of news in the Star Wars world. For those of you who don't know, John also hosts, it's still called the My Nerd World Podcast, right, uh, right, yeah, John? Yeah, the website, yes. uh, MyNerdWorld.net. My Nerd World Podcast. So we've got some uh, really interesting things. Obviously, the best parts of the book of Boba Fett, at least in my opinion, were when they brought in the Mandalorian. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got the Obi-Wan series coming out. Uh, we've got uh, talk about an heir to the empire series. I guess it's going to be. Uh, are you excited about the the Obi Wan Kenobi series? You, what are your thoughts here? Uh, yeah, I wasn't. Um, I I was I wasn't anybody clamoring for Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Um, like so many people were, and so I kind of went into it. I kind of felt the same way with Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah. But uh, that first trailer had me had me hooked. Uh, that 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 struck me the same way that seeing the the trailer for the Phantom Menace struck me. Sure. Uh, the same way seeing the trailer for the force awakens struck me it really they they hit all the all the all the right notes i'm I'm somebody that wants to move forward in the star wars timeline i'd rather go beyond episode nine and tell more stories you know do a 10 11 12 and i we've been in these other timelines for so long but after seeing that i'm like no i'll i'll take more <laughs> i'll take more of that please that, that looks like it's gonna be really really good i've never asked you this so did you ever see there were rumors floating around in the 90s about a about the star wars prequels and and there was a rumor at one point that it was going to be kenneth branagh as obi-wan kenobi and michael Bean as as anakin skywalker and i've always wondered i i don't know if you ever heard that but i wanted to, i wanted to get your thoughts on on that yeah, i think i remember hearing so yeah. there's so many names bandied yeah. about as a matter of fact if you look at the art book go real deep here if you look at the yeah. art book for the phantom menace um uh ray fines was uh was actually used in the artwork for Qui-Gon Jinn and a bunch of stuff. So wow. It, it's really fascinating when you go and look and you see some of the models that they used in the in the concept art for what for the to compare to what actually ended up happening up, up on uh, up on screen. You think uh, Hayden Christensen has grown as an actor in the last uh, 20 years? Yeah, I think that was all George Lucas. I really do. If you see okay. him in other stuff, he's done a better job. And it, this doesn't get said very often, but George Lucas, there was one interview, and I'm actually planning on doing it on the podcast coming up because no one ever talks about it. George Lucas was quoted as saying that the dialogue that he was doing in the prequels was intentionally supposed to be like 30s and 40s dialogue. So when he did 
when he uh, did the original trilogy, it was based off of all those Saturday morning serials that he sure, grew up seeing in the movie theater as a kid. Your Flash Gordon, your Buck Rogers. So he based the dialogue and what he wrote around what he knew. That's what it was supposed to be. And it worked. And he did. It was like one interview where he said, yeah, the dialogue and what the way I wrote those those prequels was supposed to be more like 30s and, and 40s. It didn't work, though. That was the sure. I love those films. Don't get me wrong. But the the way that he wrote them was particular to a style that he was trying to 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 achieve. It just didn't translate to the big screen, I think, the way that he had hoped. Well, there you go. Well, listen, John, we've kept you uh, long enough. John Justice, a uh, host of co-host of Justice and Drew uh, on Twin Cities News Talk, author of the Embark series of novels, host of the My Nerd World podcast. Listen, thank you so much for, for joining us today, my friend. Yeah, man, everybody, thank you for having me. And everybody head on over to MyNerdWorld.net. You can see my podcast there and you can check out my, my books there as well because selling books is hard. <laughs> go and check them out and if and again like science fiction go buy my science fiction jerry you should take a look at these because we've given the conservative theming sure. well you know what I, I, uh, what's the most recent uh the most recent book is uh book six it's called fear the dangerous night so maybe we'll get someone to do a review or something and we can post something and uh we'll talk later but we'll I, talk more. I enjoyed the conversation thank you so much yeah, thank, yeah, thanks thank so you. much for having me guys Anytime. yeah thanks and now it's time for our bottom line segment. The bottom line. So, Jerry, um, you're you're more of a, a Star Trek guy than a Star Wars guy. Sure, and 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 I I could eat up Enterprise and Star Trek and Captain Kirk and Picard and and uh, and all the rest of them. I I I love Star Trek. You, you know this. I'm I'm watching Picard right now. And I'm not, I'm, I'm the season two of Picard and there are things I like about it. And there are things that I don't like about it. And well, again, getting into this and we haven't even gotten there. They're doing, it's another time travel story, which right. I have problems with. Um, but it's, it's clear to me that they're going to go back and start spouting a lot of woke ideology. And I'm a little, yeah, I'm a see, little bothered. And, that, and that's, and that's my worry whenever I watch things now yes. that I like, uh, because if I'm going to apply a political test over everything, I'm not going to watch anything. Sure. And uh, it's funny. So there's a commercial uh, that talks. There's a commercial on that says, "Don't support woke companies." And uh, oh yeah, the 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 what is it? It's not Blue Rhino. Whatever it's, it is, uh, regardless, a Black Hippo or something. Yeah. Right, whatever it is. And I told I'm sitting there and I I said to Eric, I said I said I said this is nonsense yes. because every single company is woke. Yes. And if you're going to apply this test. Uh, you're gonna have nowhere to shop. We're gonna right. we're, we're gonna have to go back to the barter system with our neighbors that we agree with. But again, there's nothing wrong with with different opinions and different insights and and worldviews. The problem is is the preachiness of it and yes. the and the and the uh, the the hubris of it. And there is no problem selecting or not selecting a company to patronize based upon. Oh, sure. the sure. So uh, you know, I I don't know if you know if I talked about this on the air, but I got into it. Everybody knows that I'm a foodie. Uh, I used to love a company called Penzi's, one of America's foremost spice makers. And I used to love going to Penzi. I would go into, we have a Penzi shop in Richmond. There was used to be one in, um, uh, where would I go up in the Northeast? Anyway, there was one in Falls Church. Um, and I would go and I would stock up on spices. Well, Bill Penzi, when Donald Trump, Donald Trump broke Bill Penzi's brain. And he <laughs> began, literally, he made it really clear to everybody if you are a, a Donald Trump supporter, or if you're a Republican, generally, I don't want your business. I'm like, oh, okay, you say it, you don't want it. And a couple of weeks ago, it popped up on Facebook. 
uh, you know, Bill Penzi, the owner of Penzi's was on talking about uh, carping about his critics. And I, I guess in honor of Martin Luther King Day, they were having an all Republicans are racist sale. Oh my and, goodness. and he was carping about his critics. And I finally, I decided to write him an email. I said, hey, you know, listen, I used to love your product. Um, and, and I have no problem with you putting out your ideology, right? But when you tell your customers that you don't want their business, and then your business suffers, you can't say that it's the fault of your critics for your business suffering, right? Which to me is very straightforward. And he actually wrote me back and doubled down and called me a, a racist. And, and we went back. I, I know I'm not supposed to do this, Jerry, but it was, you know, it was, it was interesting. And it was interesting because I was having a conversation with someone whose business I had adored for a long time. And, and we finally came down to it where he said, well, you Republicans, he started talking about that, uh, the, the John Lewis elections bill. And how that's racist, because, you know, we should make elections a federal holiday and some people can't get to vote, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And I said to him, uh, you know, Mr. Penzi, just not for nothing, but uh, do you give all of your employees the day off on election day? You know, do you close your warehouses? Yeah. Do you close your and I and he never wrote back to me. And and I, I thought about poking. Well, again, and, and what a great point, because yeah. even if and I have no problem making election day a I federal holiday i have no problem with that but to your point though it's still not going to help workers who work for private companies that remain open yes yes i mean yeah banks will be shut right and the government will, will be shut down but private businesses will still be open i'll give you an example right so my my you know it, with the exception of christmas and new years um and thanksgiving uh, my wife's medical practice is open on all the other federal holidays. No, she, when she was a doctor in the military, it was closed. Um, but but that's exactly it. Somebody was talking to the most. I, look, Andrew, most small businesses stay open every day, every day of the year. Yes, uh, there's yes. A, a one of the places here in town where we get our sandwiches, and great is a small business owned by three guys, and he's open. He they they've never closed. Yeah. Now on Thanksgiving they might shut down at six o'clock. Yeah. On Christmas they might. But they're open. And Absolutely. again, because they again, because and we've talked about this, we've become so rich and so wealthy and so privileged that we forget what it's like that some people have to struggle uh, to pay the bills and to put food on the table. You and, know, and, 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 and th th again, this is why we're arguing over things like critical race theory yes. and transgenderism and whether or not men should compete in women's sports because we have no real problems. And, and this gets into the other part of it, which is it, you know, it, it's a corollary to the idea of if you're a rich person and you think that rich people should be paying more taxes, are you paying more taxes? You always have the option to do this. It, it, it's a form of hypocrisy. It starts with your own personal beliefs and responsibilities. You know, Penn Jillette used to talk about this. It's not charity to demand. You know, charity is when right. I give to somebody. Charity is not when I demand that person A give to person B. You know, That's it's funny. Uh, it's funny because because you know people know that I go to church and I I'm involved in my church and and there are times when when I'll meet a more liberal Christian and she or he will say, well, the government should give more to the homeless or the government should do more for affordable housing. And, and right away I ask, well, do you tithe? Yeah. And do you give above your tithe? Well, I mean, uh, it's hard to tithe hard, and it's yeah. hard. Well, then, then 
why would you demand that others do it? And and that's you do it. And, 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 you're and, not a, yeah, and you're not a more right person. And so if Bill Penzi really is concerned about his workers, working class people, working class people generally being able to vote and have the day off to then, get to yeah. the polls on election day, then give his people, give your people the day off. Sure. Or get them out yeah. of there. Hey, um, before we end this, sure. uh, um, you know, Thursday, I was about to say tomorrow. Oh, St. Patrick's Day. Thursday is St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, it's it's funny. Um, when I lived in the D.C. area, uh, you know, and especially when St. Patrick's Day was on weekends, even when it wasn't on occasion, um, I, I, I love St. Patrick's Day for a lot of reasons. We get together. Speaking with of St. Patrick's Day, obviously, we're in our home studios. Eric yeah. is making bang, bangers and mash right now. Is that is that right? I, guess, I just I just got a whip of it. So so um, Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. I was going to say St. Patrick's Day is like a Thanksgiving holiday for you. And in a very real sense, actually. Well, I, 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 go ahead, Jerry. It's more like Christmas. Okay. Uh, because it starts, there's a St. Patrick's Day season in our house. We, All right. Uh, uh, we, the house is decorated. I mean, you come to my house right now uh, uh, from the outside. All right, get in the car. Well, you, I wish you would. Um, it's all shamrocks and and uh, the Irish flag is is outside uh, and inside every day. You'll hear you will hear Irish music. You will you will smell Irish uh, brown bread or or soda bread. Erica, Erica has made, I think, uh, as of yesterday, seven uh, brown breads and or soda breads. Plus, wow. she's made soda bread muffins. We've had we've had uh, we've had fish and chips uh, yesterday. We had delicious she made brown bread with um, uh, shepherd's pie. Uh, we've had Irish stew. We've had Guinness burgers. Uh, we've had uh, all kinds. We, we, we've already had corned beef like three times. Um, and, and again, for, for those who are not of Irish descent, remember, uh, the corned beef isn't an Irish thing. It's a New yes. York Irish thing. Uh, the, uh, the Irish came to this country, had no money, and their Jewish neighbors uh, used, uh, used corned beef because it was such a cheap uh, cut of meat sure. uh, and so corn and so corned beef really is a is a uniquely american irish holiday um but it's my yeah, father it's, it's my grand it's my grandfather's birthday uh the 17th oh, wow. and so it's a big family day uh we 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 really do celebrate family look i'll take a drink you know this i'll have a but it's not about drinking or going to the bar that's not saint patrick's day saint patrick's day really is about faith first and family you know, I used to I used to quip about CPAC, you know, about the, the old line from Dickens, um, uh, A Christmas Carol. You you want to you want to bottle that 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 Christmas spirit yeah. and keep it with you all throughout the year. It for you, it's also it's St. Patrick's Day, certainly. Oh yes, absolutely. And the thing yeah. is, is it's, um, it's it's not put on a show. We um we enjoy this. We've already been, you know. Uh, we've already been to the Dubliner. We've been to Bushwallers. We've been to La Hinch, which is a new Irish place that's nearby. Uh, we just went uh, to our favorite place, uh, the Four Courts. Four Courts. Uh, and so, and again, we're not rich, but especially this time of year, in my mind, uh, going to the Four Courts and giving that them my business helps them. The owner is from Dublin. Um, and, and so we support different Irish things. I, but, but again, but we, we do need to, we do need to do a St. Patrick's day show from McLean Avenue. in, in Oh my goodness. Well, I'll be there on Saturday. So, so, so your plan is you're going to be at the big parade in New York. on Thursday. Yeah. And I just got word. So my uncle yeah. Pat, who, who, who God rest his soul just uh, passed away for, I want to say 50 years for 50 years. 
uh, he was an assistant marshal of the parade. Wow. And he had a section of the uh, of the parade route that was his. He patrolled it. He literally patrolled it. And even the officers, the police officers would report to him and and not report the wrong word, would coordinate with him. Uh, but it's right where the, the grandstand uh, is, where the stands are, where where in the past we've sat with Cardinal O'Connor. Car- uh, one year, my mom sat next to uh, Tim Dolan. Uh, so this year, my cousin Siobhan, his daughter, um, has taken his place, which is really sweet. Nice. And it was and it was a, a big ceremony where they gave her the sash and that sort of thing. Yeah. So she uh, I was on the air last night and I got a text message from her. You know, are you coming to the parade this year? Are you coming? Yeah. Terry, are you coming to the parade? Yeah. <laughs> and so I said, yes. And so she just texted me not long ago saying that she has sashes for my whole family. Oh, wow. Which give and tickets for the grandstand. And my kids can go and give out the programs along the parade line. Nice. And so, and so it, it is nice because we're going to go there and now. The grandstand, and remind me, where's the grandstand it's, in New it's, York? It's between 49th and 72nd. So it's in the 60s. Okay. You know what I mean? It's somewhere, yeah, it's, sure. you know, it's, it's somewhere that I forget. It's not at 49th, but it's not in the 50th. It's somewhere in the 60s. The, their route uh, where, where, they, where they manage is 49th to 72nd. So Got it's it. kind of in the middle of that. But, but here's the thing. Uh, you know, we that, that means tomorrow we got parking. Yeah, I mean we got parking in New York City. Nice. I mean St. Patrick's Day. I mean literally rolling out the green carpet for us, and uh, and it, again it brings back memories. I remember years ago we went to the parade. I was with my parents, and the, you know my parents were older, and uh, and I called uh, Pat Conway's, which was on Forty First Street and Vanderbilt, and uh, right by uh, Grand Central Grand Station. Central Station, sure. And I and I, and the the owner was a guy named Ed Creed. Ed Creed from 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 uh. Uh, from Dublin. And I said, Ed, it's Jerry. You have room. He said, of course, of course. And you know what St. Patrick's Day is like on a, on a, in an Irish pub. So we got there. Not only did he have room, he had cordoned off a, a section of the restaurant for my family. Wow. That's amazing. I was sorry. I'm pulling up. I was pulling up a picture of, uh, of, uh, of Patrick Conway's Pacon was um, not there anymore. They closed yeah, down. It's closed. No, I know. I know. They closed they, it down. So you're, you're, uh, there's another place called Connolly's that's on 47th okay. Street, which uh, years ago I'd see the Pogues there. You go there on a Thursday. And I think every Thursday, I want to say this because I believe it to be true, but sometimes your head plays tricks on you. But oh. every Thursday, the Pogues played there. Wow. Consistently. And so we like, down it's there. like, it's like seeing, it's like seeing the, the talking heads at CBGB's. In the <laughs> exactly. 70s. Well, I've, 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 I've seen those bands at CBGB's, but, I um, miss- I miss, I will tell you, I'm the one thing I miss about living from living on the shore and is a fond memory. Yeah. Uh, uh, Doc's Riverside Grill in Centerville. This, the, uh, the, the, the shortest parade. shortest St. Patrick's Day parade. In fact, uh, <laughs> it just popped up. It was 10 well, years we ago. We got to make a bucket list of things because yeah. we always talked about me coming up and doing that with you. Well, and, and I did podcasting it, I, from there. I did it 10 years ago, uh, 10 yeah. years ago this week. I did. I did it at uh, with the guys from Red Maryland. Um, we did a we did a, a yes, broadcast. So again, so St. Patrick's Day really uh, it's a time for faith and church. It's a time for family and remembering and songs and singing and and all of that. And I, I just can't wait. We're going to go up. Um, we're going to go up on Thursday. So Thursday we'll be in Manhattan, but my mother's house after. And Friday we're going to be in New Jersey. Probably go over to the Harpen Bard in Clifton. Uh, and and but however, Saturday is the big day. You know. I will tell you something, Jerry, you know, you know how, uh, you know how, uh, some of our, our colleagues at the radio station, uh, used to do every once in a while, they would get some kind of a tour, go and visit, you know, uh, the beaches of Normandy with this, uh, yeah, this, yeah. you know, this host, 
we should put to you should put together a and not you know then then again you don't want to work and have to you know do that over over a, a St. Patrick's Day. Sure, but it wouldn't be fun. Listen, it, it never more important than 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 this year um, uh, to to do that. Well, you know, I, I again, I just uh, a big piece in the New York Post last week. Uh, Twenty five Irish pubs uh, closed down in Manhattan because wow. of COVID. Uh, we're going to be up in, on Saturday. Saturday's the big day. Saturday, we're going to be up in Woodlawn, Yonkers, Katona, uh, 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 and McLean. Uh, it is a it is a it's an Irish village. In fact, the first yeah. time I brought my kids there when they were little uh, to, up to Woodlawn in the Bronx, uh, we parked the car and my kids were like, where are we? Like, what do you mean? Because it's every every house has an Irish yeah. green, white and gold and an American flag. But then the Katona itself has uh, has, uh, uh, you know, shamrocks and, and oh, Irish things over the street. And there's the Irish cultural center, the Irish immigration center, the Irish food store. And then there are about 25 pubs, uh, sure. and, uh, and all the rest of it. Now, again, like everything else in New York, things are changing, but Woodlawn is still is a, is yeah. a, is a very unique Irish village. We'll be there on Saturday uh, and hopefully we'll get a chance to get into the Rambling House or Rory Dolan's or some of those places and, and, and have a meal. Wow. It's it's uh, it's been forever. Yeah. And I noted when I was last time I was up in New York, which was a year ago in a couple of weeks, um, my favorite Irish pub uh, on 46th Street had closed, which yeah, it's, was distressing. You know, again, not to be too serious, but it goes to this point where. Uh, uh, you know, and, and I just I just uh, put a piece up about Real Clear Health uh, that we chose shaming over science. Yes. And because yeah. of that, because of that, so many small businesses, so many restaurants in particular, so many ethnic immigrant owned restaurants or first generation now restaurants closed because they didn't get the loans. They didn't yeah. they weren't connected. They didn't get the uh, the resources. And it, it's a it's a sad thing. 100 percent well listen jerry you guys travel safely up there uh have have a great time and i and i say slancha my good friend slancha i love it i I appreciate that uh jerry you want people to stand firm find the truth plant your feet stand firm god bless you uh and have a have a great week everybody uh have fun and please most certainly stay safe